0: Hello and welcome to this The Vergecast. It's weird without the music, I just yeah. realized. I don't have the. Will you sing the little song?
1: <laughs> that just sounds like you saying your name over. And over. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Hello and welcome to this The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. I'm Matt Tell, I'm the editor in chief of The Verge. Uh, and I gotta say we're at the code conference. It's very late. I'm joined here by Dieter bone. Hello lauren good hi, Casey Newton. what's up all star verge west panel uh we it's i got, I'm just gonna be honest with the audience. It's eleven thirty eight
2: p m It's unfathomably late
3: uh, it's no, actually
1: not that late, but we've been up since really early I, i've been
3: I've been working since six, yeah, and uh on only a few hours sleep like and we have spent the past hour and a half listening to uh, news and information about cyborgs and AI and
0: like I'm, I'm so slap happy
2: yeah I can't even. Well, Literally anything could happen on this podcast.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, mostly what's going to happen is you're going to hear the tinkle of ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, which, bourbon. Or is it bourbon? Or is it? I got it. So I didn't do a fake scissor vodka ad last week. Yeah. And and I received real like mad. angry mail about it. So this episode of the roadcast is brought to you by scissor vodka. <laughs> a fake vodka that I made up that I'm going to keep plugging. Until somebody pays me for it. Raise your Presumably, somebody here. There's billionaires everywhere. Yeah, right? I got to go with some of the Elon money. Raise Salsa your vodka. Raise your glasses. ice
3: filled glass to our producer, audio producer, Andrew
0: Marino, who's going to deal with the garbage that I'm going to send him. At the oh, end God. Of this. It's Thanks, such. Andrew. It's not good. Andrew, you're, a, you're, you know what? You're just a good guy. You're, you're a, you're just a, a good, trusting, caring man who sent us <laughs> to LA. To Rancho's Palos Verdes with a bunch of microphones and a yeah. dream, and here we are <laughs> making <laughs> the Vergecast. So we uh, should describe what the Code Conference is for people that don't know. Uh, it's uh, you know,
1: <laughs>
2: some say it is the premier tech conference. I agree uh, with in that. America.
0: Um, yeah, so co- it
1: used to be the all things. D, it was the D conference for a long time. Yeah. But prior to this, when Recode was all things D, mm-hmm. then they retired the D. It started, and they retired the. <laughs>
0: It's really late. You can't
2: do that.
1: <laughs> Sorry. The D. D conference actually started before the website. All things do started? This was years ago, over a decade ago. Yeah. They so, pay but attention. But there the will be a quiz on this at the end of the podcast. Conference. But yeah, we've had speakers in recent years, like Elon Musk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bill Gates, um, Sheryl Sandberg, Jack Dorsey, uh, Jenny Rometty. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then back in the day when it was the D conference, um, people like Steve jobs would actually come and speak on stage, which was, um, pretty remarkable because he did not do many non Apple event appearances.
0: Right. I mean, the co-conference is amazing and to be here is amazing. And to watch Walt and Kara pull together their incredible network of like everyone powerful in tech, to basically like prove themselves on stage is amazing. Um, but today was a very long day. Yeah. Um, we just came from Elon Musk, which we will talk about in depth later on in the show. But I think it's safe to say that all of us had to take a 20 minute break after Elon being like, we all live in a simulation. I'm going to inject neural (laughs) lace into your jugular veins. And my company is not entirely dependent on something called earth based revenue. (laughs) Uh, which his Lauren has just been giggling about that quietly <laughs> for, <laughs> for like literally now.
1: As opposed to that old Martian money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, it was just wild. Uh, so we'll do that in depth a little bit. Um, but it actually started code started yesterday. Yeah. Uh, with a barn burner. I mean, there's tons of speakers. We're only going to focus on a few. But barn burner opening. Lauren's still laughing about Earth-based revenue. Like. She's melting in front of my eyes right now. One, two, three,
4: serious.
0: No, we don't have, It's Look, they, the, this audience knows what we're doing. <laughs> right? Like, take the normal Vergecast, push it into much more tired and a little more drunk, and here we are at Code.
4: I'm not uh, drunk at
0: all. It's a huge guy, Get to work, dear. That right scissor here. of vodka won't cut through the night by itself. <laughs> Anyhow, so we're at Code. It's been amazing. There's uh, one more session tomorrow. Yep of which the highlight, I think, is going to be Nick Denton of Gawker. But the main, the big tech players are all over and done. And like I said, it started yesterday with, I think, one of the best opening sessions I've seen at Code. Uh, Jeff Bezos spoke, and he kind of started a little bit slow. Yep. And then Walt asked him about space, and then like his mind expanded, and he said incredible things about what he wants Blue Origin to accomplish. And then he got really expansive about Amazon. So... Let's let's go through that a little bit. What do you I mean? What do you think of Bezos, Lauren? And looking, at you. Lauren is like, she literally just fried out? Like I watched the <laughs> light blink out from behind her
1: eyes. Well, we talked a lot about AI. Artificial intelligence has been a recurring theme throughout the conference, and Walt and Kara are making a point to ask pretty much every single guest on stage what their thoughts are on AI. Um, and one of the things that Bezos said is that that I found notable is that he things you can't possibly overstate how much impact artificial intelligence is going to have on society over the next 20 years which you can either interpret as like wow that's great like robots are going to make our lives better but it could also sound somewhat ominous i guess if you decide to look at it that way so i found that to be uh, pretty pretty interesting um i also uh uh well I know that Amazon has apparently been doing this education program for people in its uh, distribution centers for a while now but he really made a point to talk about that which I kind of see is a uh, um, I don't know. Maybe in some ways a counter to the reports that have been coming out in recent months about Amazon's treatment of workers. Um, and then he offered me a job in this really indirect way, which was <laughs> really bizarre. It wasn't
0: indirect. It, it, was, was, it was very
1: indirect. By direct. indirect, you yeah. mean
0: by like shady? Like no. Yeah. He basically he, Lauren asked a question about wearables, yep. which is yes, great. I asked yeah. like three
1: questions about wearables. Yeah, she,
0: and then and then she. She used all of the pieces of that buffalo and wrote like a report about it. <laughs> Jeff Bezos dodged the question <laughs> about wearables, uh, which you should read. It's amazing. Um, but Lauren asked a question about wearables and pushed him. Asked follow up, and then what was his line? He's like, "It sounds he, like you want a job in product. Yeah. Come see me
1: after the show. Come see me. Come and, talk to me." Yeah. And I was, Did you?
0: And both no, Walt and I no. hissed no. at Jeff Bezos coming I love after the our verge.
1: time.
4: Yeah. Oh I my mean, God. come on.
1: I'm still. I'm. I'm I'm all in on. I'm doubling down on journalism, guys. I'm <laughs> That's where money down is. <laughs> that is where the money is. Snapchat. Okay, sorry, Jeff. I'm busy making content. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry, we've been making. Lauren has been forced to make an endless series of Facebook live videos all day long. <laughs> so the ten minute death marches for the rest of your life,
1: Lauren. <laughs> but I want to hear what you guys. The thought overall about the consensus basis on
3: session. his thing was like he like had the reality distortion field in right. the room. Absolutely. Everybody everybody was like whoa like I am in love with you right now even though you were saying things that when you just look at them out of context are like patently dumb. So he got asked the you know Peter Thiel versus Gawker question and he led with like quoting Confucius or yeah. the apocryphal Confucius that um you know, like uh oh, if you uh, seek revenge and you shall dig two graves, one for yourself. And like I don't know, he, he had a bunch of like one liners that were really like, huh. But in the room they totally played. Yeah. And he had great and presence. So, like yeah, a commanding presence. And so like yeah. everybody at this conference was like, Oh, look at this, the the Steve Jobs mantle. He might he might be he might be going to Bezos.
4: Yeah.
0: And I have feelings about that. Well so that's a thing at Code. I, I I talked about this with a couple people today. Um, the history of the D Conference was, I mean, it's an astounding history, right? Like the highlight performance of the D Conference, I think, was D10, when Jobs and Gates were on stage together. Mm-hmm. This was the, famously the only conference Jobs would do, and he would say amazing things, and would be off the cuff. He was really, br- he was Steve Jobs. Um, and I think the, the history of the stage, and like being on stage with Walt for this opening session, is very much... Can you perform at this level? And I think three years ago, Elon Musk like had that kind of moment, like he commanded absolutely the did. Room. Yeah. yeah, everyone um,
1: left the room that year with an Elon Musk man crush.
0: Yeah, it was it was I mean, it was just incredible. And this year, Bezos had that moment yeah. and, and owned the room. And I think we were saying he had these like he was prepared, right? He had things he wanted to talk about in a, in a way he wanted to talk about them. He he, I disagree that the things were patently dumb. I think is what I'm saying. Like, well, his answer about That's why fair, yeah. his answer. Like he gave this, you know, Bezos is a wild person. He own he runs Amazon, he runs Blue Origin, a space company, and he owns the Washington Post. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could spend an hour talking about any one of those things. Mm-hmm. With him. Or yeah. AWS. Yeah. Or, yeah. or yeah, yeah, you could you could just drill into some Amazon thing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about delivery logistics. Yeah. He's right. Clearly capable of doing that. Or AWS. Like, right? let's talk about your server business. Um, but his answer, I think, about. Peter teal was, was actually like I called it savvy because he didn't get
3: into does he agree with teal and he hates Gawker he didn't get into he got a little bit into like First Amendment stuff and like you know uh, beautiful speech is easy to defend you have to be able to defend the hateful the hard speech or the ugly speech um, but the the his basic answer to that question was like yo you're a billionaire. Don't waste your time on this. Like, yeah. Suck it up. Get, suck it up. Get a thick skin. Right. Which is like, yeah, yeah. right.
0: And I mm-hmm. thought that was great. And I thought mm-hmm. his line, you know, he got asked about Donald Trump who's attacked Amazon and, and several times, obviously has a contentious relationship with every newspaper, but particularly the Washington Post. Um, and what did he say? He's like, my predecessor, Kay Graham, was like, during the Watergate hearings, was threatened I think it was, I'll put your ass through a ringer, but Bezos wouldn't say ass on stage. Uh,
3: I don't think it was ass. Really? That's not the thing that could, that gets put in a ringer.
1: Hmm. Google's what?
4: <laughs> 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 if <laughs> if <laughs>
0: only there was an AI in this room that could tell me what body. Anyway, uh, while Lauren looks up that quote, <laughs> uh, Bezos is like, I own the post. I believe in journalism and I'm willing to have. Whatever uh, one of my body parts put to the right.
3: It's tit, by the way. Was it? And so he doesn't have that. Oh, yeah. And so that's why the, his body part line played so well because oh. he had something else. Oh, yeah. The,
0: yeah. Got it. The, oh, the man tit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's
2: what it's called. <laughs> oh. well, I hate to drag us away from this particular point, but it's notable to me that we've avoided Late Night Verge cast. About. What I thought was the best part of the Bezos presentation, which was everything that he had to say about space, uh, including that he thought that the Earth in the future would likely be "quote zoned residential." Yes, yeah, um, light industrial
3: and residential. Yeah, yeah, yeah light yeah.
2: industrial, and that we would move all of our heavy industry off-world. And and there was sort of this moment where you were like, Jeff Bezos is literally talking about how this planet will be zoned like yeah, like yeah. three hundred years from now, and and it's probably not wrong. Right,
3: um, <laughs> and this this is where Earth. No, Earth based
4: revenue was Musk. That was Musk, yeah. Well,
0: if you really really look at we should really talk about Bezos in space because there's a lot of things to unpack with him talking about that. But it's funny the two themes, the big themes here one is AI, which is eventually all human consciousness will be augmented by machines. And the other one is we have to leave the planet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like right before uh, Musk, Nathan Mervold spoke and his whole thing. Was basically like I have done the intensive research to prove that asteroids will destroy us all. And
3: isn't it so <laughs> hilarious? <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> like, was like, ha, there's a ha, lot ha, of ha, jokes in that die. presentation. <laughs> yeah. But, but that in the meantime, he's like, "Here's a video of an asteroid." Yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, yeah.
0: In the meantime, I've cut a grill in half and taken beautiful photos of a of a burger. It's. It's yeah. So
2: confusing, <laughs> but in terms of like, unexpected themes, yes. Like Wait, the that's space. a deep cookbook <laughs> reference, and
0: if you didn't get it, I'm saying you need to do some work. Like, go study <laughs> the cookbook reference. It's really good. Okay. Have you seen the photography?
3: Uh, it's no. pretty amazing. His, the cookbook weighs like fifty pounds, right? Yeah, that that yeah, it weighs made? about yeah. forty pounds. It's yeah. a twenty
1: five hundred page book.
0: Yeah, yeah. Isn't it called the Modernist Cuisine? The mo- yeah. Modernist it's not Cuisine. Often it's often called a good
1: book, but it is a very long. Science yeah. and food book. Well, no. At
0: one point, he was a <laughs> we used to talk about Mervold all night, too. At one point, Nathan Mervold was explaining Kirchfield. So he was explaining
2: some like Kirchhoff's law of thermal radiation. Right. And he was explaining wow, why. Wow,
1: so- Casey Newton. Look at this guy.
2: Uh, my, my master's thesis was about it. So it was just a crazy coincidence. <laughs> He's
0: like, This is why toast burns. I'm writing a 2,500 page book on bread. And just like threw that out there. And he was like, yeah. Here's a video of an asteroid exploding. It broke a million windows. It's hilarious. <laughs> Very, just a very strange. <laughs> I'm beginning to realize all of Code Conference is about humanity is doomed.
3: Yeah. And also, the CEO of
0: Tinder is speaking tomorrow. Yeah. So it's like a real, just <laughs> yes. a lot of themes coming. Super Anyhow, fits. so Bezos, uh, he's got Blue Origin. Yeah. I think there is uh, an extreme temptation to talk about Blue Origin as though it is in the same category as SpaceX. And I think Bezos took full advantage of that yesterday. So Blue Origin is. I watched Lauren Grush react to this video in real time in Slack today because I sent her the Bezos video. And I was like, there's a story here somewhere for you. Uh, Lauren's a wonderful space reporter. And she got back to me and she was like, he sounds like a complete tool. Like,
1: <laughs> because uh, they're doing different types they're of doing exploration, wildly exploration different, right? right? Some, some different are different orbital versus suborbital. Is that well, and th- also oversimplifying like it? Bezos probably, is but.
3: doing space tourism and plus some other stuff that I'll get to. Um, and Musk is like putting a rocket into space every two weeks.
0: Yeah. So It's there's, like a huge difference um and he's delivering cargo to the international space Station yeah. he's got a rocket, the Falcon Heavy, which presumably can get him to Mars. Uh, Bezos can get to suborbital space with a rocket that looks hilarious in my mind again it's very late um and then it comes down it's like uh, it, a giant uh,
1: there, fire t v stick
0: the fire t v stick I have to say, an extraordinarily sexual t v streaming <laughs> product. Why? Why isn't it just why don't we, Why don't we just call it the fire dongle? If we're gonna no, do we can't make no. That's not allowed. All right. that, the word has been excommunicated by the technology community. Okay.
2: Cruising right into the midnight hour. Yeah. You're anyway, on the verge. Okay, yes. here we are.
0: <laughs> uh, no, Blue Origin does something far less complicated, and their rocket engines are refurbished sixty-year-old Russian rocket engines. But because. He's got a rocket company, shooting him into space and he landed him. It's easy for him to start doing the expansive view of space. Right? The we're gonna move all heavy manufacturing off the earth. We're gonna his line was Elon Musk and I are very like minded, uh, but I don't believe in Elon's like plan B, we have to be a multi planetary species. The best planet is Earth, and we can go other places and do other things there, but Earth is like plan A is or plan B is, let's make sure plan yeah, a I don't. Want, mm-hmm. I don't want a plan B for Earth. Like mm-hmm. This is the best planet in the solar system, yeah. I guarantee it, or something right. to that effect. Um, and I that, to me, was another theme that I saw throughout the conference, which is, if you dip your toe in the water of something, you get to start making expansive statements about the future. Which is, to me, the real theme of all of the AI conversation. Yeah. So, Sheryl Sandberg and... Mike Shrep, uh, Shrep, Shrepfer. Shre- Mike Shrepfer, Shre- Shre- Shrepfer, Shrepfer, Shre- for
1: Shre- Short, let's just call him Shrep, like we're friends, <laughs> but we're not. We don't really know you, but uh, Shrepfer,
0: the CTO of Facebook, we're on stage talking about their AI yeah. products, and Shrepfer was like, "Soon we'll put auto braking in every car, and that will solve seventy thousand car crashes in the United States." And it's like that's great. You run mm-hmm. Facebook M, which is like literally monkeys with typewriters. Uh, like, answering text-based queries, and I have no idea how you're going to put AI brakes on my car. And, like, the connection between I've got a toe in the water here and this grand future here is, like, it, pretty shaky. And I, I thought that was the thing about the space conversation with Bezos that was really shaky to me. It was, yeah, you're launching the rocket in a private space flight. You're another billionaire in space.
2: But, but I also think like the space. the conference is designed to get people to think expansively, right? It would be boring if they're like, "Well, here are all of our capabilities today. As for tomorrow, who can say?" Like that would be a very <laughs> dull code. Well, no, only like,
1: time will tell. Yes, the, <laughs>
2: the, the,
3: that's my conference. Year. The only time will tell. <laughs> I know conference. we're we're trying not to get into Musk, but like the all the crazy shit that he said, what you know about space and like going to Mars and what should the government on Mars be and like all the stuff. You're like. Oh, man, you're, you're just a nutbag. But then, well, then again, somebody should be thinking about this. If, if technology, like, the difference between what our lives are like now because of tech compared to 20 years ago, mm-hmm. like, if you just extrapolate that progression, like, in 80 or 100 years, things are going to be nuts, and yeah. somebody should yeah. be preparing. And yeah. so when I see these, like, billionaire titans of industry, like, expounding on, like, crazy ideas like you know becoming a cyborg by sticking an implant in your jugular which by the way is safer than like cracking your skull open um i'm like oh my god you're just a crazy person this is hilarious but then i step back and i go huh yeah. yeah, actually. It,
1: well, at some point, everybody's ideas were crazy, right? right? I mean, anyone who really it, advanced anything. Uh, like and by the way, like it's been point. the past
2: five years, like reading this constant criticism in the tech press, it's like, oh, Silicon Valley, like all they do is make photo sharing apps, right? It's just all like likes and hearts and faves yeah. and retweets. And when somebody going to tackle something ambitious. So I don't think you can say that on the one hand and then come back and be like, but you want to go to Mars? Well, that's just crazy. You want
4: right? to like, <laughs> planet Earth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's
2: right.
1: wrong with you? <laughs> No, I, I just thought yeah, Bezos took point,
0: I, my, my only point is Bezos took advantage of his moment and yeah. his ability to own the crowd to say really broad expansive things that allied the truth in certain ways right so the space one he can go up only so high and come straight back down and he can't Actually delivering a cargo, right? So his his thing was I built Amazon on top of all this existing infrastructure, like credit cards and the internet, and now it's my responsibility to build the next generation of infrastructure. And he actually has a direct infrastructure. He has two, he's three, right? He's got um the United Launch Alliance, and he actually has NASA exists and SpaceX exists. I mean, there's a lot of them, and they're Equally trying to build the infrastructure, but because he's in the zone, he gets to say those things.
2: Yeah. I mean, but, like, but he also has this amazing track record. Like like why why bet against Jeff Bezos? Like this man is incredibly patient, he's incredibly smart, he assembles amazing teams, and he just relentlessly iterates.
0: Yeah, so that, that actually gets me to the next one, which oh, was, I would know. I, I we can't leave Bezos. Until oh, no, we I talk was gonna about, talk about work life harmony and the Apple TV. Those are the okay, two things I want to talk about. Okay, so that Keep but on. that gets me to the next one, which was He got asked a hard question by Walt, I think, that was, um, well, of course it was by Walt. Um, Amazon gets criticized for its culture a lot and being really hard, and he gave all these, again, expansive answers. He's like, we are bringing training centers into our warehouses so that if you want to be a nurse, we're going to train you to be a nurse, and it's a glass wall so people, other people who work in the warehouse know these opportunities are available to them. Uh, He said this amazing thing actually one of my favorite phrases of code so far, which is he knows how to give up an idea when the last high judgment champion gives up on it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that and, was great. or until
1: he begins to question his own high judgment. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh, and by the way, if anyone ever makes a movie like a like a like a martial arts movie about me, I want it to be called the Last High Judgment Champion. <laughs> 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 oh, I thought
1: you were gonna say if anyone ever makes a movie about Jeff Bezos, it'll be all Sork and ask with people talking really quickly about high judgment. Yeah, it, otherwise you might cool. kill them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also true that he it, Amazon's like still a very cruel place to work, and they still have. It, it was just that moment, right? It's like the reality distortion field was in full effect, where yes. it seemed like. In that room, what you really wanted to do was work at Amazon because it was led by a charismatic, visionary leader, and he was he was just able to say, "Like here's my vision. Here's how I make decisions. Here's right. how I think about everything." He
1: talked about work life harmony instead of work life balance. Yeah. but he did also say that listen, if your if your work is not your passion, mm-hmm. like you probably shouldn't work here. Right? Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but he he doesn't want he does not want employees that are looking at the clock and thinking, can I go home at five o'clock today? It's just, it's not their culture. And a lot of companies are like that. And maybe some, some other executives wouldn't be so blunt about that.
2: Right. I'm like super curious about people who like, maybe as they're getting ready to graduate from college or are, Just obsessed with the idea of working for Amazon because I'm sure they're out there, but they're also in Seattle, so I have like zero exposure to these people. (laughs) Um, And uh, and I think I mean there are people who've been tremendously successful at Amazon, and obviously Amazon does a lot of great stuff. But you know I I also believe that their culture is like kind of like militaristic and brutal in the same way that Apple's is, um, but that. You could very much contrast with, say, Google's or Facebook's, which are much more cuddly by contrast and where most of what you hear is about, like, the perks as opposed to, um, I cried every day at my desk.
0: Right. Or to get into to start a meeting, we all had to write six-page memos and sit there quietly reading them before we were allowed to speak, which right. is right. my
1: favorite which Amazon is story. just how we started this podcast.
0: I, actually, hey, actually, that's really literally close. true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lauren, <laughs> your memo is late.
1: <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to go cry at my desk That's actually now. my
0: dream is to make everybody start. Anyway. Here's what I'm saying. I'm going to start driving the verge ever harder because I watched Chef Bezos speak. Um, and then the last thing we talked about, I asked him a question um, about the Apple TV. Yeah.
4: Because
0: he said he said this amazing thing. Um, While asked him about Prime Video, and he's like, "We monetize Prime Video in another way, which is if we win an Emmy award, that actually helps us sell more shoes because it gets people to sign up for Prime
4: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, they want to watch the, they want to watch these Emmy award winning shows." and then once you have prime you're we know we have the data that says you're more likely to buy more
1: things than non prime members yeah. but yeah, right. so
0: the
3: the thing is uh, they don't have amazon prime
0: video on the apple tv and they and don't so they don't they don't even sell the apple tv in their store they don't nope. sell the apple
3: tv in their store and they don't, the they don't sell the chromecast and getting amazon prime video on a chromecast like it works on android but not elsewhere like it's like a thing yeah um and his quote was well there are two quotes that are really important he kept on talking about acceptable business terms yeah uh we will sell the stuff if we can reach acceptable business terms and then he also kept on saying over and over again that um like private business discussions should remain private right and i'm going to leave it at that yeah and like it's Blindingly obvious to steal Neilai's phrase. Mm -hmm. Blindingly obvious. Blindingly obvious. That he doesn't want to pay Apple's cut of thirty percent on, you know, software signups. And so because Apple won't budge on that, he's like, screw this. I'm right.
2: Kicking We're not out on the, the store. Platform. And I have to say, like, like, man, would it be fun to be a fly on the wall of those negotiations, right? Because you right. you have like, the, like, by reputation, you have two of the most, uh, like, brutal negotiators of all time in, yeah. in Apple yeah. and Amazon. And so you, I'm just super curious, like, what is the tenor of those discussions? Yeah. Does it does it end with slammed doors?
1: they're cutthroat but no like they're absolutely literally
2: today in uh
3: bill gates session he recommended a book and i was like oh i'm gonna read that book it was about ai because that's what everybody's talking about and i went i did what you do when you want to buy something you open the amazon app and i'm like oh it's the amazon app hooray oh there's a kindle edition great i want to read it on the kindle where's the buy button yeah i I, I can add it to a wish list Mm -hmm. but i can't what the uh
0: uh oh yeah Right, yeah. And then right. I open
3: up the web page because that's what you do because the web apps are way better, so obviously. Pr- Prime than, than
0: is than what, either. $99 a year? Uh, uh,
3: yeah, I think it's, like it's I think been $79. It's 99. I don't know what it is now.
1: Yeah, Maybe your grandfather did. I actually don't know. I should check. I should be more careful yeah, about like, what I'm getting charged yeah. for.
0: This is not a useful... Whatever. Not, we're all just literally, Googling. Google is not going to tell how, Amazon wh- Amazon how much Amazon If you know how much
2: Amazon Prime costs, <laughs> please tweet it at Eli. That's <laughs> at Reckless on Twitter.com. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: dot>
0: <laughs> days from now, I will
3: learn yeah, how much Amazon game.
1: Prime Also, Prime also if
0: uh,
3: if you think that Google Play Music is superior to Spotify, please tweet at Reckless. Uh,
1: Amazon, when you send your Prime membership renewal notices, you don't include the price in that email, so you really should probably start Dark. doing that.
0: Um,
3: but...
1: Like
3: here's anyway, the here's, point here's, is, here's the question about about
0: wait, let the Let me finish the prime thing. Okay. The, presumably, what they Spotify costs ten bucks a month. Yep. If you buy it on the web. Yep. And it costs twelve ninety nine if you, you sign up for Apple. Apple. Yeah. Presumably, Apple could just pass along the tax. So if it, if if Prime is ninety nine dollars a year, let's say they could just charge. You could open the Prime app on the Apple TV and it would say sign up for Prime. We'll bill you 129 a year. Right. Well, no, I think it's Amazon that has to choose to like, increase the price on Apple
3: TV. No, that's TV. what I'm saying. Amazon yeah, yeah.
0: could do it that way yeah, yeah. and they would just pass on the
3: tax. Pass the tax
1: right. on to Apple is the 30%.
0: And I just don't think they want to do that. No, I don't think and they And I think Apple is just firm. Like this is the price yep. that we charge people. Um, yeah, but, but that's but, an
1: annual. Oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. And so, then for each in
0: app purchase. They're not every year. Right. No, but there wouldn't be any, there are no more in app purchases. Well, I guess for you can sign up like cable oh, stuff, right? No,
1: Prime, you can actually buy, um, a la, you know, a la carte episodes for like $1.99 an episode in Prime Video. Not oh, all right. of it is free streaming. I mean, you check out some of the content and you still have to buy it from within the application. Right. So like, s-
0: there's the, the 30% tax to be there for all right. that stuff. And you can buy like CISO. Or whatever the hell it is mm-hmm. through Prime. I swear to God, NBC's failed comedy. Service. Peter Kafka had the, the some Go ninety story. of comedy streaming <laughs> services. <laughs>
3: didn't, <laughs> didn't like HBO. Or, didn't somebody <laughs> manage to convince Apple to like like trim down or not be so rigorous on the thirty percent? And it was like HBO or somebody like I swear to God, Peter Kafka had a story about this.
1: Can um, I can I relay
0: a piece of wonderful code conference gossip that I heard today? Yes. Like right. Go ninety.
1: Yes. Oh God, go ninety. Share it. Oh,
0: go ninety. Uh, I don't know if it's true. This is complete code conference gossip. Uh-huh. Just pure code conference gossip. I don't know if it's I do not know if this is true. I desperately want it to be true. Verizon is considering rebranding all of its video offerings including the TV shit is Go 90, which is hilarious because Go 90 is all about turning your phone 90 degrees, oh. and your TV is already fucking turned 90
2: degrees. But what, what, what greater way to capitalize on the amazing success of Go 90? I mean, already an, an entire generation is growing up, turning their phones a different way, and watching these Verizon exclusives, and it's shaping their childhoods. And now and, they will turn their television and turn 90 their degrees. sideways. I, I mean, this I is do brilliant. not know if
0: this. i am i am hundred percent.
2: I don't know if. It's Let me true. ask this question. I just. What? What are Verizon's other TV services? Fios. Fios. Oh, Fios. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let me ask I, d- I don't I, know if it's look. true. I'm just saying, don't you want it to be
0: true? Oh, very much so. Go
2: 90. Look, I mean, let's oh face God. it Fios, not a great brand. Like, yeah. no, like no, it's uh, fiber, fiber Optics outside itself.
0: So. something.
1: Yeah. It's on like VoIP.
0: Fiber in outside. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you know what Fios stands for, tweet at Reckless. On Twitter.com. I think it's like...
0: I think it actually just stands for fiber, fiber optic, optic service. <laughs> like, they didn't That's get beautiful. very far. Maybe like it's they, operating <laughs>
3: system. Fiber optic operating system. No. It, like Comcast. It's got its... Uh, no,
0: because then it's like fiber in operating system. It, <laughs> this, it definitely. This seems is the like worst <laughs> conversation we've ever had in the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but the Apple TV... He was very clear. Yep. But the answer about Apple TV is right. That makes sense. I don't want to pay their tax, so yeah. we're staying out. Yeah. So, and many, many, many people have have made that. So decision. they're staying
3: out of putting their app in the Apple TV. Fine. Yeah. But to not sell it on Amazon, like Amazon is such a like universal thing. It's becoming like a this thing you'd use to buy stuff on the internet. Oh, what is the same That's way a store. But are, no, I know, I but the No, the same way that Google is where you use to find stuff, and Google has has been pressured into maintaining at least a a patina of like neutrality towards the services that it links to. Mm-hmm. And do we need to get to a place where Amazon needs to have that same sense of no. neutrality with the stuff that but they it's not, it's not actually
1: enforced? I mean, you can look at it one of two days ways you can look at it and say, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're not being very nice. First of all. Yeah. And second of all, it's, you know, it's, Feels there's something about it that feels anti-competitive, but at the same time, like we talk about this a lot with Apple, when Apple phases products out of its store that may be in some way competitive to a core Apple product, right? Um, you know, and sometimes we write about it, and I'll say, hey, Apple just got rid of all these fitness trackers in its store because they're about yeah. about to introduce the Apple Watch. They own their retail stores and they can put whatever in their re- they can sell whatever they want in their retail stores. And I do I, I Amazon's I doing the same. They're yeah, selling- I agree. I,
0: I, I don't think Amazon is the universal retailer the way that Google's the universal resource I buy a lot. I buy a
2: lot of crap on Amazon. At do. the end of the day, you type apple.com in a browser, you buy your Apple TV. I'm
0: very disappointed by it.
3: I tried to buy a TV from Amazon and it wasn't available on Amazon and I like literally didn't know what to do. Yeah, do you buy it from like Tom's or whatever? I tried to go to Vizio and then they, they refused to sell it to me because they couldn't figure out how my credit card worked. Dieter has Diners Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just changed addresses because I We're moved not a restaurant, to California. Um, and, but so you, anyway, but that's can the Apple... Can we just talk about my TV for the rest of the podcast? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's get into the specs. specs. Can you turn it yeah. 90? Yeah. I'm going to mount it in portrait Have
0: you gone vertical
3: video I'm with your television? TV your
4: portrait it's a second screen for Snapchat. <laughs> it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> no, so, but it would make sense with the Apple thing, right? We don't pay the tax. Everybody, everybody has the argument with the tax. Spotify is like going to Congress to talk about how the tax is unfair versus Apple, like... Well, that's the issue. Yeah. Why would you not support Chromecast, which is charging you no tax, yep. which is just Here's the we're still in your app on a phone So, and you're going to push the button and send it to a TV. In the answer way. to that. No, I don't have it in front of but he he like we want
3: the app to run with the right experience on your thing. But like that's insane because you Put it in your app on the tablet. My, yeah, it works my, on their Android stuff. And
1: by the way, the Amazon Prime Video app is not that amazing of an experience, right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. so you know, ensuring are, that it's go ahead.
3: They're super rigorous about. Um, I think you can only store like twelve episodes of a show. Maybe somebody's gonna correct me, and it'll be great. Uh, but, Tweet it at Backline. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I like. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like be away from internet for like a while, so I'm gonna just store all the stuff offline because Amazon Prime lets you do that, and that's amazing. And then like, I wanted to store a whole season of a TV show, and I couldn't store the last two episodes of a season. So yeah. I, I like, oh, so I'm just going to be left hanging.
2: This is the least sad uh, thing I've ever It's heard. the worst thing that's ever yeah. happened to me in my, my entire life. My theory
0: is that Amazon is pissed about Google Play services yeah, and how not functional Fire OS is because they can't. <laughs> right? And they are Oh, because Google's putting more and more into Google Play services instead of into core Android. Yeah. Yeah. So right. that they are they're shackled by their reliance on Android for Fire OS, which is a fork, and they are punishing Google by not supporting the rest of the Google
2: ecosystem. Because yeah, if I, you
0: make the Chromecast stronger, you strengthen the Google ecosystem. I, yeah. I
2: think that's right. And yet also like these seem like Essentially empty gestures. Like, do we really think that they're like that they're costing um, Apple or Google a material amount of revenue with these things?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, actually, I do. I think it's really interesting to me that the Amazon video apps support AirPlay because they know that the Apple TV is the most popular of these devices. Yeah. They support the Roku because it's mm-hmm. the, one of the most popular of these devices. No, they support
3: the Roku because Roku will do anything with anybody at any Poor time. Roku.
0: Look, here's
1: a yeah. going Well, Roku also shares, they share ad revenue based on ads that are running against the different apps and their... On their uh,
2: to me, it's interesting primarily insofar as Amazon never stops patting itself on the back for how much it loves its customers and how it will do anything for its customers. And they start from the customer's needs and they work backwards. But then you see stuff like this and you're like, eh, but when we have any sort of minor competitive skirmish, we will absolutely ruin the customer's experience. Right. Yeah. Okay. We've
0: gone very we got, long. we very long. Long. Uh,
2: here's, here's what's going to happen next.
0: Paul is going to tell us about a gadget. Ooh. Then I'm going to read some advertising. Then we're going to come back. Casey's going to say two or three extremely cutting, precise sentences about Twitter and Facebook. Because uh, Jack Dorsey spoke. Cheryl Sandberg spoke. Then we got to get into Sundar. Yeah. We got to get into Elon.
3: Yeah.
5: All right. Paul, take it away. So my gadget of the week is HP made a backpack or or they're making a backpack. It's a VR backpack. And, um, I'm very excited. So we already knew that there was going to be a VR backpack by, by Zotac, which is one of these like many companies that like makes like gaming PC kind of components and like motherboards and graphics cards and stuff. We knew they were going to make a VR backpack. Then this week, we found out that MSI, another one of those companies, is going to make a gaming backpack. But now HP is going to make a gaming backpack, a VR backpack. And I don't know why, I guess maybe I do know why. I know exactly why I love this. And sure, it's partly because I want VR untethered. If you've played with like Oculus or Vive, no matter how great the experience is, you're always going to like, you're a little worried about this cable that is plugged into a very expensive PC and and you don't want to get all tangled in it. So, you know, getting rid of that worry would be great. But that's not what I'm stoked about the most. I'm stoked about a truly wearable hardcore PC. I think there's so many crazy awesome things that you could do with this, and I know people have put laptops and backpacks and attach them to themselves and done this. But now this is going to be like a product you can buy in a store. And I think there's going to be a lot of awesome stuff done with this. Like basically like you could think of these components as the same sort of components that are in self-driving cars. You have GPU and a ton of processing power and all these sensors and stuff. So if you just plugged a bunch of awesome sensors into this, then you could like, you can basically create the wearable computer of, of, of the future, of my dreams where it's recognizing faces and 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 prompting you on some sort of I don't know, some sort of heads up display that you have also magically gotten from somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Look, it's not, it's not all come together yet. Right now these are just like renders basically. We haven't even seen one in action. But it's just this fun new arms race of VR backpacks and I am going to be there every step of the way telling you how cool backpacks are. That's, what, that's the circuit breaker promise. So thanks for listening to Gadget Corner with your friend, Paul Miller.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store for your dame, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Oh Squarespace. Can I tell you about some of these product features? Tell me about Squarespace. Number one, easy. Creating your website with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content, and features with a click of a mouse. <laughs> Number two, free custom domain. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free for a year. Number three, beautiful templates. Design a best in class online store with Squarespace's award winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. Number four, seamless commerce tools. From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops. Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners. I just, this is going to be over soon, but sign up for Squarespace. Including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface, Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. (laughs) Why was that so threatening? Number. (laughs) Never mind. Number four. Number five. Number five. Customer support. Squarespace offers 24-7 customer support. Every member of the customer kit team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. No matter how technical your problem, uh, how trivial-seeming your question, one of the team is always online to assist you. That's the ad, squarespace.com. Thank you for your support of the Late Night Verge cast. But let me tell you this, people. (laughs) You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code VERGE to get ten percent off your first purchase. Squarespace. Set your website apart, you filthy animal.
0: Okay, so let's very quickly talk about Twitter and Facebook. Dorsey was here, he brought to Duray McKesson, who is I think most prominent for doing Black Lives Matter he brought yes. him on stage. I talked to Duray for five minutes. You did a Facebook Live with him, right, I did. Yes. Uh, my five minutes with Duray was incredible, like, he's a shining star, and he is just like, I think, uh, Ezra said it to me his like, clarity of thought is like astounding. What was your experience with him? Like, he's
1: incredibly charismatic, yeah. and he's one of these people that, um, is really active in a lot of sort of different roles. It's funny because. He he doesn't work for Twitter, and yeah. I asked him whether he was going to, and he was sort of not. Whether Jack has ever offered offered him a job, he was sort of not committal. But his um, ideas for Twitter. Yep. Um, are really interesting in terms of how to improve things around uh, like harassment tools. Um, he even said something like, I really wish, I said this on stage too, I really wish they would bring back the star instead of the heart, and that's a small thing, but he just has these great ideas for what Twitter is as a product and as a platform, and that's just Twitter. I mean, that's not even sort of... Um, no, he's the,
0: like running for the mayor of Baltimore.
1: He was running for he the was, mayor of yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. His campaign uh, has now ended, um, and... But, you know, he's still a very prominent activist in uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and is a very outspoken person when it comes to things like police brutality. Um, And and he's just uh, yeah, he's just a really, really interesting person. Yeah. And he's not a super hardcore techie like the people here. And this is a really tough crowd. And I feel like he, you know, he was. As charismatic, if not more so, than a lot of the people that we heard speak today.
0: So this is like an interesting... And I know Casey has a thought about this, even though he's literally falling asleep in his microphone. It's, again, very late here. But his knowledge of what Twitter is and could be yeah, is informed by the fact that he created a massive social movement using a platform.
2: Mm-hmm. Using a
0: hashtag on a platform. Using a hashtag yes. on a platform. Yeah. And he... Completely like gets the power of that platform to create this movement and right technology and culture. He changed the culture using a piece of technology and he gets the product. And his what he said to me was, Jack understands the product and I have product conversations with him. And then I talk to other people at Twitter and they don't, the leadership at Twitter doesn't use Twitter. And then he very self effacing was like, I know I'm a super user. And it's like, yeah, but you're the person that makes Twitter vital. And like, that's their problem, as far as I can tell, is Twitter is very unclear about what makes it vital. <laughs> <laughs> By
4: the <Yeah>. way, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean,
0: this is an audio podcast, you, but you the, did, just yeah. the, if you heard that intake of breath, like, know that it came with a, a set of dramatic eye rolls and hand motions. Well, I mean, <laughs> an we, unparalleled <laughs> in human
2: society. <laughs> we, 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 I mean, you know, I've worked at the first three years, and we've spent the entire time like, asking ourselves, like, like what... Like, what, what, what? Or should we do with twitter um and, and and today was was more of the same uh like why expect anything different um you know what I thought was unusual about this particular um uh, appearance on stage uh by Jack Dorsey who brought Deray McKesson on stage with him was that it seemed like the reason Dorsey wanted to bring DeRay on stage with him was to sort of show off the way that Twitter has launched social movements in a way that other social platforms, primarily Facebook, have not, right? Like, they have um, led to these, uh, you know, incredible communities organizing themselves, whether it's the Arab Spring or or, or Black Lives Matter. I didn't feel, though, that that Dorsey really sold Twitter as a unique enabler of that. Like, I, I don't doubt... That that Twitter has done d- done that uniquely, but it was sort of a weird uh like venue to try to make that case. And what made it awkward, at least for me, was that Duray spent much of the time kind of second-guessing Dorsey's product decisions. Like, you know, he said they never should have changed favorites to likes. Um, they've got to do something about the abuse that, that everyone you know feels on this platform. Um, I happen to agree with DeRay on both of those points. But if I'm the CEO of Twitter, uh, I don't want to use my moment at the Code Conference to be second-guessed about my major product decisions. So it yeah. was just sort of a very odd discussion.
4: Yeah. Can,
1: can I offer yeah. just like a, this – I don't even Ooh, want to call oh. it perspective here, but – I mean, a few. it must have been 2009 when I was at the All Things D conference and Biz and Ev were speaking for Twitter that year because Jack was not a part of the company then. And everyone kept saying to um, – this is Evan Williams and Biz Stone um, – kept saying, how are you guys going to make money? What's the future? How is Twitter going to survive? What's the future of Twitter? And then I think it was about three years ago now that Jack was at Code Conference and Kara interviewed him on stage. And it was the same because Jack was back at Twitter at this point and it was – What's going on with Twitter? How are you going to save Twitter? How's Twitter going to make money? Right, and so So like fast forward to now, right? And everyone is still saying, "What the hell is going on with Twitter? Is Twitter going to survive? What's going to happen to Twitter?" And they, I mean, they've gone. They're a public company. Um, They have 310 million monthly active users and claim like a billion monthly unique visits. Right, so they're they have ballooned to a pretty pretty large uh, social network. Um,
3: if you, if you pretty large, if you define them on the terms they want to be defined on, but like not large at all, if you compare them to Facebook, no, is, of like, course, Twitter absolutely doesn't want to have happened to them.
1: No. And we don't know how many of those monthly active users quote unquote are actually that active. Right. right? And how many of them are bots and, and all of that. But it's, it's like Twitter just keeps on keeping on. Mm-hmm. And it's—I it, don't know. I mean, I love Twitter. So as a user, so I feel like I'm—I'm I'm kind of partial to it, and I'm not—I'm not closely examining their advertising revenue the way that maybe some media reporters are. Um, but I, I mean, I just—I just admire that Twitter is, is still here after <laughs> yeah. people have been doubting it for I mean, so many years. The thing that's
3: different to me this year is in the previous years, like they've, it's been all the same questions the whole time. But the questions are always like. So someday you're going to need to figure this out. And if Twitter's ever in trouble or like some people say that Twitter is like needs to fix this thing. And if so, what do you think? But now it's just like, how are you going to save Twitter? Just flat out on stage. No, no, like couching it in like something to soften the question. Just Peter Coffey saying, so you're going to you have to save Twitter. Twitter needs saving. And Jack Dorsey's like,
0: yep. Yeah, like, well, I mean that—that yeah. that is just way starker than it's ever been for them. I think it's, and they've done all but no product innovation. I mean, Casey's written this story a thousand times, but we get a hold on. I'm gonna say a thing. I'm gonna try to transition us. All right. Do you know the only company they didn't talk about AI on stage was Twitter? Yeah. Right, they didn't talk about any of it,
1: mm-hmm. and they got bots.
0: Yes, there are racist bots on Twitter, and <laughs> yeah. we all—they follow all of us. I'm going to blow up um, your transition
3: just because we have to uh, say one thing on yeah. this podcast before we move on to Facebook, which is
0: don't know that the Jack Dorsey should have wore a State Walk T-shirt. He absolutely should not have worn it. Okay. Well, but they gave one. I was really hoping all of the billionaires in the audience were a Stay Woke t
2: shirt. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, but I
0: he had Duray with him. That's why.
2: He had, yeah, that's
3: why. But when they asked, when the question was asked to Jack Darcy directly, what does Stay Woke mean to you? He gave, like, a, just a, a completely like, timid answer. Like, it means pay attention. Yeah.
2: I think what Dorsey would say is that shirt was made by Blackbirds, which is Twitter's group of black employees, and for, and I think Dorsey probably viewed wearing that shirt as a sign that he is an ally, both of of his employees and that movement. Yeah,
3: I, I agree. Yeah. Except that he didn't just say that. He, yeah. he he
0: was too timid to just say that. Yeah. I wish yeah. that he had. I would have. I would have cheered. Well, I think it would have been amazing if, if Dorsey had said something like, "Black Twitter is a real force in our society." Yeah. And i marched I mean, in ferguson because like, the power of black twitter like, like he said all of those
3: things by implication right but he didn't just
0: just say that explicitly it was really interesting right because he's wearing this he's wearing the stay woke shirt he's got yeah. Duray with him he's all about the power of social change and then that was bookended by facebook and that conversation was how much power do you have and is it too much power and mm-hmm. it's all about the algorithm. It's about the fact that they have a board member that's trying to sue Gawker into oblivion. Uh, that, and that's that's a weird set of challenges. If on the one hand your issue is Facebook as a platform is run by liberals and it's the algorithm suppresses conservative news. And on the other side you've got a powerful billionaire board member who is a Trump delegate and he is trying to sue a liberal news outlet into oblivion. Like, you've just messed up across the board. And it was, I, I don't know. Did, did or,
2: you, or are you just proving that you truly are a platform for all ideas? Yeah,
0: everyone hates us. Uh. We
2: can't possibly be biased. Um, That's usually the question. Shrepfer? Shrepfer, the CTO. Shrepfer. Shrep. He, he
0: had, I think, maybe the worst answer to are algorithms biased I've ever heard. Um,
2: because the only correct answer is. Th- well, the question was, can algorithms be biased? The only correct answer is yes, and his answer was... Eh, and really. Sheryl
0: Sandberg was like, the best way to improve the newsfeed is for you to give us more share information. Share
1: more. Yeah. I know. That, no, she actually said...
0: She didn't say share more. She said, give us more information, which, I, you know, and she clarified the next sentence was, you know, your likes and your shares and your recommendations all help us understand, but more information to Facebook... It's like the only way to save the village is to burn it completely to the
1: ground. Right. I
0: don't know. What did you think of Facebook today?
1: So I have to be honest, I was doing a bunch of different things during the conference today. So I missed the part about trending topics and how and, and treps answers for how yeah. for how that actually works um, I did hear Cheryl say that you know you should share more and that's great I heard some type of analogy like well just like you sign on Facebook and you see a different news feed from the person next to you it might make sense that the trending topics you see are are also different because of the various things that are informing those. Um, but I, I want to go back and listen to that again. Um, but I thought what was, was more interesting was, uh, with Sheryl Sandberg's just sort of relinquishing of any kind of responsibility on the part of Facebook for, you know, having Peter Thiel as a board member and sort of, uh, the refusing to really participate in that conversation about it it was she just kept saying you know he acted on his own he's an he's his own person he's an independent person independent of facebook and and he made these decisions on his own and um and it, it's you know we are not treating gawker any differently in terms of our relationship with publish, publishers and just just distributing content. Um, and and that was sort of it. Like that was it. And then and then actually Joshua topolsky stood up and asked a question and said, So and just to confirm. Again. And then again. Yeah, after and again. That, and yeah. so yeah. is he still on the board? Is he still on the board? And we finally get the answer, yes, Peter Thiel is going to remain on the board. So we got that answer. Um, but that was sort of I don't know, maybe it just all felt a little too neat and tidy.
0: But that's the right answer, right? I mean, yeah. he didn't do anything illegal. He. Like, he did something that maybe you disagree with and you think is classless. Casey has a
3: good thought on this. And this is the part where I disclose that my wife works for Facebook,
0: but I'm not. Your different. wife works for Facebook? Yeah.
3: She works for Oculus, which is a division of Facebook. Your wife. When
0: did that happen? Yeah. I'm just talking with you. It's late. God damn it. It's very late. Um, when are you moving back to New York? I miss you. Uh, <laughs> we're in the same room.
2: Oh, no. So the I think the issue for Facebook is it creates this optics problem where trust me there is going to be another case where facebook's uh, news judgment comes into question for one reason or another whether it's trending topics or something else and as long as teal is on the board there are those who will turn and look and say, well look uh, Peter teal's meddling with the news and it won't be literally true and it won't matter. It's going to eat away at, at Facebook's credibility with the public. So I think if Thiel is, was planning on stepping down from the Facebook board within the next couple of years anyway, this would be a good time for him to transition off the board just to save Facebook the headache. Um, and if he doesn't, you can just expect us to keep having this conversation indefinitely. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But doesn't that give too much credit to board members? I mean, do you think... Do you, them. I mean, it's, on, I like, to case it gets it's so like, much
3: credit board members, but on the other hand, like you forget how powerful the board is. Like, like um, Nick Bilton put up a Twitter story on Vanity Fair just ahead of Jack Dorsey appearing on stage, and it he like gave us another turn of the screw of the machinations that have happened inside Twitter, and it's all about the board. Like, Ev Williams like tried to convince them to buy Medium for you know an insane right. amount of money. Um, so the board like doesn't matter. Until it matters, and then it really matters. Right. But- I mean,
1: it's hard to imagine. It really is like Peter Thiel coming in and saying, "You know, to to news editors on Facebook's news staff, like, I really don't think you should promote this Gawker live video today because I've got a problem with Gawker." Right. You but- should
0: promote this Verge live video. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, verge more than good instead.
1: Please, <laughs> all box Media properties. No, just the Verge. Um, but, uh, but-, <laughs> uh, but 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 I- but I think somebody did ask the question. I'm not quite sure who. It was that asked the question, maybe it was Topolsky, maybe it was someone else, but someone did ask the question, like, well, so how does this impact other publishers? What What if another sort of, I don't know, fracas arises between one of your board members and another publisher? I mean, do you just... I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm probably not articulating this properly because it's very late, and I'm not even They're the one drinking. I'm not even the one drinking, guys. I've like I've Dasani water here. Um, the bourbon the only
0: Dasani makes water it stronger. is super alcoholic. It's like ten yeah. percent. Yeah,
1: it's really strong. I'm gonna have to take it's a car home. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take an Uber. The sponsored
2: by Dasani Boozewater.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cut, through, cut through the night. In either case, Cheryl Sandberg is cool as a cucumber. Everything yeah. she answers is on point, yeah. is on message, and she, she's unruffled and, and she, she knows was to, that today. She knows right. how to like end a mm-hmm. sentence yeah. more than yes. anybody
3: else I've ever seen. Yes. She like she says what she's gonna say and she just stops and you're like, Oh, you're done. Oh, oh that was good.
4: Yeah.
0: Every time. All right, we're doing a thing. And then I promise you, we're going to talk about Sundar and Elon for the four minutes remaining in this hour. Let me introduce you to our sponsor, Centrify Corporation. The Centrify Identity Platform is an next-generation identity management solution that protects organizations against cyber threats. Check out their white paper or sign up for a day trial at com slash identity. All right. We're, gonna, we're running a little long. We're going to do it. We're going to go long. Uh, Dear, there's no way around uh, it. I want you to talk about Sundar. Um, yeah. And I want you to talk about Google. So I got to say, he was on stage. Yep. And just kind of Sundar just kinda is not, floated through it all. He in is not designed
3: for this kind of thing. Like Bezos came up and owned the room. Sundar is like you know he's like famously like the nice guy and like the relatively quiet and laid back guy. But like obviously very powerful. He's the CEO of the company, and he got there through like doing really good work. But uh, he. His charisma is very quiet and not uh, not the kind of thing that, like, commands the attention of, like, thousands, like, unless it's on the stage of Google I.O. So um, I think Walt did a really good job interviewing him, it actually, like, got him to be expressive in a way that unless... If, if you if you understand sundar's like base personality you would like he like was like up and in it but if you didn't you like oh this is like a really sleepy straightforward sort of whatever um but you know he really wants to talk about machine intelligence he really wants to get the message out there that google has been doing machine learning and ai for a long time which is like a pretty standard message from google at this point um and I don't know, like there wasn't uh, up until like it came to like QA time, there wasn't like a whole lot of like straight product news. It was like this is Google's idea of what AI should be. And it's like not that different from everybody else's, except that it's Google saying it and like we believe that Google can pull it off because they've done search really well and like they've actually done a pretty good job of building their, you know, Google named AI. Yeah. Um, but the the big news was Walt pressed him really hard on like yo what's going on with phone hardware like yeah. y- you don't make phones except the RO phone which is like a different experimental well, thing you don't like you're still partnering with Nexus phones what's why? when are you gonna start making your own and the thing he said was we're gonna start being more opinionated about Nexus phones which means opinionated in terms of hardware and in terms of software and um it's really interesting for Android nerds, which I can get into, well, t- but I won't, don't want to just hold the court for like a half an hour here. Not,
0: mm-hmm. that's, I mean, what, why, that's why the people are here. They're not here <laughs> for the first and then Peter Thiel talking to that. Um, so the way I read that was we're just going to start telling HTC exactly what to do. Like, HTC is going to go back to being yeah. the OEM they were for Verizon. Right. And Google is going to design the phone, and HTC is going to build it, and they're going to sell that phone. And then they said he said something else that was really interesting, which was right now Nexus phones ship with stock Android, but we think that we should start layering in other software experiences to di- further differentiate right. them, so, which is wild. It's wild, but it's also, like, it's been
3: happening for a while. Uh, Nexus phones haven't been – like, when you think – like so, I, I tweeted this. Like when you think stock Android, which you should really think is like the the shit that's on GitHub, right? right. You should you should be thinking about like the bare bones, no Google services, like n- no. Like, not what you think of Android. When people think of stock Android, they think of what Nexus phones are. It's got the Google Launcher. It's got Google Now. It doesn't have extra carrier crap on it. It doesn't have extra OEM crap on it. But it does have a bunch of extra Google stuff on it. It so happens that most of that Google stuff gets to get put on all the other, you know ruin you know carrier phones (laughs) right um but but a nexus phone is like the google version of android it's not just stock android Mm -hmm. and what he said by saying we're going to be more opinionated about these phones is that that distinction is going to get even more clear so that when you get a nexus phone you are getting the google version of android which is going to be Like it's going to have not just their Google Play service everybody gets. It's going to have their vision of the launcher. It's going to have their vision of what VR is supposed to look like, and who knows what else. In addition to, they're just going to be pushing around, you know, HTC because HTC loves to be pushed around.
0: (laughs) I think HTC would love to be pushed around, right?
3: right Uh, Or LG
0: or whoever, right? They're they're going to turn. Well, no, but
3: everybody knows that HTC is making the next Nexus phones, right? So everybody knows, right? Because that's just. We decided Duh. together. Yeah, all, all of us on the <laughs> like internet.
0: Android blogs
3: decided together. Yeah, and all well, and Any
2: right. idea how many Nexus phones sell in a year? Well, is it a material business? I didn't
3: get to ask my question, but like my question was going to be like, oh, by the way, you do make hardware now because you've got a whole new hardware division under former uh, Motorola guy Rick Ostrolo, and like you're making our phones. Are you actually going to push them? And like, if Google's going to be more opinionated about Nexus phones, the question is, are you going to make that opinion matter and start selling the freaking things? or not because they're they're like you can buy them at the, the google store they, they're not really trying and carrier channels anymore and so the nexus ones have always been like fan favorites that like don't get huge sales and like everybody's just sort of waiting like this question of why doesn't google just go ahead and make its own hardware like i'm with walt that i'd like them to try it and see what happens but to me the more important question is when is google going to say yo we're like
0: We're not sorry, Samsung. We're not sorry, Right, and that was the other thing that Sundar said. We're just going to go for it. Google Android needs a strong Samsung. He said it very clearly because Walt pushed him really hard. Well, he he tried to say, "Uh, no, like the dream of
3: Android, like what we want is like a really big carrier, a really big ecosystem of lots of different manufacturers. Not all of them are huge. So like when Walt pushed him on Samsung, he like immediately pivoted to like rando tiny uh, Android manufacturers in India. Right. But – like that doesn't hasn't worked. and right. I don't know that it's going to work.
0: Well, it's worked in the sense that India is dominated by Android.
3: Yeah, but it's dominated by Android. But like Android One uh, has been basically an abject failure. Like it hasn't become like the standard, like base version of Android that everybody thought of. Like that Google definitely thought. But it
0: would isn't be. It, but that's like oh man, we're if you we're are ready super. to get deep in the weeds on Android, that's because it's Android One is the same mistake. Right. right. As Nokia saying we're gonna put series forty in the developing world and yeah, then transition yeah. them to MAMO. Yeah. Like what people wanted was actually fucking Android. Yep. And then a bunch of cheap phone makers delivered actual Android in right. those but countries.
3: What's interesting is the discussion we're having right now, and the discussion we're about to have about messaging apps is like core to Google's big problem, which is they wanna talk about google as and like google search and the google assistant and google machine learning and telling that story like it's like yeah it's like ibm right like ibm and the, they they got her their ceo went on stage she talked about watson and everybody was like yeah great watson okay whatever but like yeah. that's where google is going with like their core product of like becoming basically like a like underlying service of the internet and the thing that we all actually want to talk about are products, and, and and like until that underlying service of their machine learning hits a product like Google Home, we're all like, yeah, sure, great. Uh, and I don't think they figured out how to like get around that. Yeah.
0: Well, um, so Lauren, you hung out with with TuneDart today. You did a, a, yet another of your many, 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 many Facebook lives.
1: We hung out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Lauren's dying.
1: Uh, here's
0: here's. Look, here's the thing about Facebook Live. They're all stunts. They all need to last 10 minutes. And I would encourage you to listen to this podcast for the next 10 minutes to see if Lauren literally <laughs> dissolves into a puddle. <laughs> <hole.
4: laughs> th- Lauren and I th- Sundar.
0: Lauren wrap rubber bands around Sundar's head. That's
4: so yeah. he explains. <laughs> no, but you don't know
0: Sundar today. And you, what what'd you think?
4: Well,
1: I mean, I've spoken with Sundar before. And he does, have, uh, he does have a reputation for being a very nice guy, which is something I asked about, whether or not that's something that bothers him. What did he um, say? He punched no. her right in the mouth. <laughs> he said, "You watch your
2: tongue, Missy."
1: Wow, Casey. Yeah, and then he and then he tore shit up in the green room. <laughs>
4: yeah, Shoot, dark, trash the green room. <laughs> oh.
1: Totally, it was like seeing some '90s rock band, like in the hotel room after the fact. It was just a mess. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, for some reason, I was like just thinking of like the Eagles, but that's not any. That's
0: super <laughs> not nice. again, <laughs> floating through space and time right now. <laughs>
1: I was like, Joe Walsh, not in the 90s. Don
0: Henley was with Sundar today, just fucking ripping shit up at the Code
1: Conference. Oh, my God. I absolutely don't even know what's happening right now. Um, no, so I asked Sundar the really, really hard-hitting question that Walt didn't get to ask on stage, which is, what is morning routine? So first, I asked him how he felt about having this reputation as a Silicon Valley nice guy, and he like worked as a Jedi mind tricks, and it was like, I was, you know... In any other case, and he said uh, he basically he takes a long term view, and that I think that to was his a very, uh, no, a long, <laughs> to his morning uh, routine. No, to his. Actually, it will
0: be the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I, I begin by eating dinner.
3: So Google has this thing where they always say it's early days. Yeah. So he wakes up in the morning. Oh, it's early days. Yeah. Literally,
2: that's where that comes from. Now we're in the first inning of this morning. <laughs> This oh morning is God. only one percent <laughs> penetrated. I think there's a lot of opportunity. We can't wait for the ecosystem to develop today.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he takes a long-term view on, on his omelets. Um, he really, uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You guys go to our uh, our verge. Our ver-
2: <laughs> you can do it. Go to our verge. <laughs> Whatever you do, it's very important. There, there's a message waiting for you at our verge. I just want
0: to point out that we still have to talk about you. I would also. I feel I like I'm like, like a torture. Like I'm a medieval <laughs> torture. I'm like you have to stay awake yeah. until we can talk about. See how graduated
2: not have it this bad. I would just
1: like to state for the record that I am not drunk and not drinking. This is just my very very tired state. Um, I'm gonna check. Out, go to the verge.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just break. go there.
4: And Everything we, I think we about put Sundars the video, we put place. the video
1: on the site of my brief little interview with Sundar Pachaya about Google Home. Why it doesn't keep prototypes in the home? Um, he tests things at work, his morning routine, and Mr. Nice Guy and all that stuff. It's it, it's a fun conversation and um, and check it out. But but Dieter really, I think, offered more um, more value.
0: <laughs> <Florence> Lauren's like my album is coming out on May thirty first.
1: <laughs> <I'm> tra- <laughs> <laughs> well, I it's, believe it was
0: yesterday. It's, <laughs> it
1: dropped yesterday. <laughs> <It's> just,
0: <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> she's doing a two-handed peace sign right now. It's, she's it's like, ex- "Check out my new record." It's exclusive to
1: RDO. <laughs> <laughs> on
0: theverge. dot com. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, what? Wow. We're on chart table. Which is no Poor. longer run, running. Wow. Um, it's, you know the
0: Verge cast is getting really bad when we're just doing RDO burns.
1: <laughs> All right. I don't know.
4: I, I, I like RDO. Okay. But it's gone.
1: now.
3: we have said
0: things about messaging. There were. Uh,
3: oh, they yeah. were oh my god. there's not no, we're of We're Google not going to get into it because just read the article. Read Deer's piece. Basically, they don't have an answer. This is like also getting
0: answers. real bad when we're just like you know some stuff happened, but what you should do is turn off this podcast <laughs> and begin reading our articles in your car. Uh, okay, so
3: uh, I'll just do it really quick. Uh, Stephen, from Back Channel, said, "Hey, what's the deal with Allo? Like, are you gonna like take on iMessage? What's going on?" And yeah. Sundar was like, "Well, you know." And so they. He, he said more clearly than he ever has before that Android is going to support rich communication services, which is the next generation SMS, yep. which is going to be a dumpster fire. Except that if Google builds it in Android, all the carriers are going to have to fall in line. So that's a little ray, tiny ray of hope. Uh, there's also Allo, which is a little tiny ray of hope um, because... Like, it's a mobile first thing. It's a good app, but who knows if anybody's going to actually use it. But it's better than Hangouts, which, by the way, like, this empty bottle of bourbon is also better than Hangouts. Um, <laughs>
0: They're both the, so sad,
3: right? And then the third, uh, thing is he like had this like really like a, a plaintive thing like, it would be so nice if everybody interoperated, yeah, right? It's not, uh, happen. All this, it's not gonna happen, but like, that's always like, I hate to say it, but it's totally true. The, the Losers always say, "Wouldn't it be great if there were an open standard we could all participate in?" Right. WebOS did it. Microsoft did it when it was losing in mobile, and now Google's doing it with messaging. And like, it's not going to happen. But Google can't not at least try to play in the messaging space, even though they just got completely pantsed by WhatsApp and Messenger and uh, WeChat. And I'm well, I message FaceTime. is like a weird one. Um, I don't think iMessage is a weird one. Well, they got pants in the U.S. on iMessage, not so much in the rest of the world. But it, uh, in terms of like, mindshare for people for people in the
0: U.S., they they got pants. Yeah, in but of, like, raw got pants by iMessage in the U.S., right? Like, yeah, it it, it it just it's the dominant one here, right? But like, I don't know
3: where Google is going to be dominant regionally speaking. The bottom line is that Google doesn't have like the answer because the answer is to just. Take the iMessage model and apply it to Android, but they can't do that uh, for a, f- a bunch of reasons. The main one is if they start Googleifying Android, then it won't play in China because they're not they can't Googleify Android in China yet. And I didn't like get the China thing into my my story, uh, so this is like a bonus thing that you're because you're a Vergecast listener. You're welcome. You, to hear it. Yeah. you
0: don't just have to read the article in your car; you can hear Dieter <laughs> right. talk about the mistakes he made with
3: the article. Yeah, no, but like. <laughs> They can't go full Google into Android. They have to keep Android relatively pure and Google-free, which means they can And also, like, there's hardware fragmentation, so they can't just follow the iMessage model. So their hands are really tied in terms of, like, directly taking on all these other messaging apps, but they can't just bow out and say, no, you know, we don't care about messaging because that's, like, the next thing. And so what they've done is they basically, like, it's a horse race, and they've bet on, like, three horses that are like way behind and they're like, eh, maybe one of them will catch up. Who knows? Yeah, we'll so where,
2: where I totally disagree with you is their hands were not tied. Three years ago, they introduced Hangouts. No, it was going his- to be the one messenger yeah. to rule them all. You yeah. sign in with your Google account yeah. and you could message your other friends yeah. on Hangouts. It yeah. was a smart approach. They totally under in it and yeah. it went nowhere and right. now they've decided to try to, uh, to make people use four different messaging services at once. Hangouts for business, Allo for uh, messaging plus AI, Duo for FaceTime, and then Messenger. Yeah. They actually of Google Messenger just for SMS. But their hands are tied now.
3: The fact that their hands are tied by themselves from failing to execute on Hangouts for three straight years is like, I, I, I can't stop that.
1: But, but they're not going to give up on messaging. I mean, they have to do something, right? Well,
3: what they're doing is, hello.
1: <laughs> they're throwing a lot of mud at well. And,
4: wall, uh, so and RCS.
0: And like,
1: please, mm-hmm. please
4: interoperate. Right.
0: We, we have to get on to the last one. Yeah. Casey, I'm not even looking at you. He's You're looking a, at me. It's an audio show. He's looking at me. I'm, and look I, I've been so much; so I like my eyes are I mean, running, my nose is. Running. I have never seen so many tired people in my life. That's not, not true. Not even
1: at CES.
0: That's true. I did. I did ruin everybody at CES too with sleepiness. But yes, we got to do it. Here we go, Casey. Casey, yeah. tell me about Elon Musk.
2: Elon Musk gave the most insane and delightful presentation at the Code Conference. But he did
3: it in this tone of voice. Well, you know. The thing is, you could just stick the implant in your jugular.
2: He's a very soft-spoken man and uh, he said, uh, first of all he began the presentation with a 10 minute lecture about nuclear physics that, that scientists are still <laughs> trying to parse through. Maybe by the time you hear this, the code will have been cracked. We're not going to get into the physics. it weren't
0: nuclear physics it was, it was orbital space. Oh, it was, it was, orbital it was space rocket science. It was, it was rocket Literally rocket science. science. But you know what, it
2: wasn't brain surgery,
0: folks, so maybe you can figure it out. It
1: was all about horizontal velocity. He
0: got to brain surgery later. Let's yeah, That, that yeah. sort of
2: came in later. There were sort of, I guess two major takeaways for the um elon musk is a crazy fun person crowd who just sort of enjoys um a a a mad scientist uh introducing crazy concepts into the mainstream and uh the first of those was um how we would all become true cyborgs through jugular implants of neural lace which is a machine-to-brain interface in which a superhuman intelligence augments your abilities. That's uh, coming soon to I have, a uh, <laughs> I, near have, you. I have so much to say about that, but well, well, Don't worry,
0: Lauren's not dead yet, so yeah, we're yeah. just going to keep going until she dies. <laughs> is and and this then is the just second, uh, <laughs> the
2: second crazy idea that he introduced, as we referenced at the start of the show, um, is that the uh, intense likelihood. That you and I, and everyone at this table, and everyone listening uh, to the Vergecast at home, is living in a simulation. Um, and we talked about that uh, at the GoTo Conference at great length. So, those were kind of the two big crazy ideas that Elon shared with us today. That was on top of
3: government on Mars. It was on top of, if nobody else builds a Hyperloop, right, I'll just do it. On top of, no, really, I swear to you, I'm actually going to make enough electric cars for the entire planet. On top of, we're going to launch a rocket into space every two weeks, and that's way, it's a way higher rate than anybody's been doing for the past thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla I don't know. three
1: design going to be done in Just six weeks. Like, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, I mean- on top of
3: like hinting that they're like the te- like Tesla three would be fully autonomous. On top of teasing a huge Tesla announcement later on this year, like. All like the normal stuff. He like normal. All like he had like a whole slew of like crazy hints and teases about actual things that he's doing, but that was layered on top of that was like cyborg theory and yeah, like insane AI simulation shit.
0: Yeah, I mean the somebody offer you a vignette. So I asked him a question that was basically Chris and Lauren Grush asked me. Chris Ziegler and Lauren Grush yeah. asked me. Hard questions. Uh, they, su- they suggested hard questions. And the one theme they both hit on was uh, Elon's great, offers aggressive schedules for his things that he never hits. Yeah. Just never hits him. Um, so I said, Are you going to be able to deliver Model 3? And the numbers that you're probably, people are paying him. Yeah. They're paying him a lot of fucking money, right? Teeter bone. No, not me. My, my wife. My wife. <laughs> you. But you guys are,
3: it's like a, you're married now, it's a whole thing. That's She's talk- spent- Are we going to talk about my finances right now? Because I just spent
0: $2,000 on a TV and I don't want to get into it because I'm going to get in huge trouble. Dieter sent his TV to Elon Musk. It's a <laughs> pre-order. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Dieter's family yeah. is a unit pre-ordered a Model 3. Um, so he's just got his money. It's like an interest-free loan yep. against the production of this car. And he has a lot of people's money because it's a big consumer product. Mm-hmm. A super aggressive timeline for delivering it, right? The car... Is
1: not designed yet.
0: Yeah. It's a month and a half away from being designed. uh, Elon's phrase was literally we're going to go pencils Pencils down. down. Pencils
1: down. If that's not a euphemism, I don't know what (laughs) it is. Mm. Well,
0: his landing, by the way, Elon (laughs) Musk was late to the code conference today because his private jet. The landing – I'm making quotes with my fingers. The yeah. landing gear was stuck in the down <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that requires quotes. It might be true, but it's way more fun to think about with quotes. Landing gear was <laughs> stuck down in uh, the down position. Yeah, no. Yeah. It was just the plane had to fly super slow because – I mean, like what a great – if you're a billionaire, that is the excuse that you should mm-hmm. use for all things. Yeah. Like my landing gear was stuck. A little so wonky I,
1: today. <laughs> yeah. I, I I, I'm, I'm late. A little anyway, go.
0: But he's got a lot of people's money now. Yep. He has a really aggressive delivery schedule yeah. and a really aggressive ramp-up schedule, yeah. and he's got to make a lot of cars. And he said, we're going to pencils down so, six weeks.
3: So, we so, think we're going to hit it. Eli, hang on. Eli, uh
0: for the entire
3: conference, has been the guy to go up to the microphone and ask the hard question. Not like, a hard question. Like, the straightforward question, but, like, everybody sees it as hard because not enough, like, not, like, just, there's, a, like, the thing where people don't expect the micro, people expect cranks at the microphone, and then all of a sudden a journalist comes to the microphone and asks a real journalism question. They're like, "Oh, oh, yeah. this is happening." So the thing I want to point out is that uh, I'm in the same room with Neilai, uh, and I moved to California and I miss him. That's so sad. But what's weird is that I'm looking at him, and his skin is white, and his eyes are like ice, ice blue because he was murdered yeah. by Elon Musk's death glare at him when he asked him are you going to be late on the model 3
0: so no i mean literally death stare no the the the, the question that he wanted to murder me for I asked him, "Are you gonna be late on Model 3? And yeah. he delivered this insane answer. I was fine. No,
1: right. it was which is that he doesn't he doesn't just make up deadlines, and that when he makes them, he truly believes he's going to hit in them. His heart, and maybe, he he's them. maybe he's but delusional, but he's not just in, you know he's not no, in the business. Like, of that, that was, big that big was so hard. His and fine
3: answer was that when he made the the Model S and the Model X, he built them on top of a Lotus platform, and they're just like, "Well, we got to use this no, thing. No, what no, the no, hell?" No,
0: no, no, no. the roadster was. He's like. We built the roadster on the Lotus platform. Yeah, okay. The right, Model right. S, we had to invent from scratch. It was really hard. Yeah. The Model X, we tried too hard because we built these Falcon doors, blah, blah, blah. It was yeah. too much stuff at once. The Model 3, it's like we understand how to make a car now. But we're at the mercy of our suppliers. And here's well, a no, laundry they, they, they list. They give them credit for saying with the
3: Model 3, every time we make a thing on the Model 3, we are making it with manufacturability. Which, by the way, manufacturability, hard freaking thing to write in a live blog. Yeah. Uh, in mind. And, uh, also, oh, but by the way,
0: uh, like the weakest link, like, yeah, supplies. but yeah. no big car company blames their supplies. Like, I mean, it was like a laundry. He's like, one of them was supply by a tornado. There's been a hurricane. There's been a flood. We had a shootout at the Mexican border. And I just wanted my trunk carpet. <laughs> These are excuses that Ford yeah. can't give. Yeah. Right. If he wants to play, like anyway.
1: Can you imagine when he's late for dinner? <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> like, my landing gear was stuck in the down <laughs> position, and there was a shootout in the <laughs> sky. Like, How it was nonsense, right? He had a lot of
1: excuses today. Yeah. So then,
0: and he said the thing about pencils down, and earlier in that in the session. Walton Kara pushed him really hard on whether the Model 3 would have autonomous driving. Yeah. And he said, we're going to do the obvious thing. Yeah, he said re- that
1: they're going to have an event later this year. And we tried to press thing. him to but say what it was tonight. And, and he said, we're going to do the obvious thing, which is obviously they're going to offer some so,
0: type of... the
3: best line. Kara's line is, oh, so cup holders.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, yes. So my follow-up question after that, are you going to be on time with the Model 3? He said, we're pencils out in six weeks, and then we're ready to go. And there will be no features added after six weeks. So my follow-up question was, when six weeks, are going to hold an event where you announce autonomous driving for Model 3. And he killed me. Yeah. <laughs> he, killed, he just, he looked at me. Spoilers. Do you know the scene from a
3: couple weeks ago on Game of Thrones with the guy who was tied to the tree and the
0: children of the forest? Yeah. It was just like, I mean, that me. was his, his
3: stare was dragon glass. He just looked at Eli. me
0: dead silence. He blinked one time and then continued looking at me. And then I could see the wheels turning. Yeah. And he said, we do not have an event planned for six weeks from now. And he, he <laughs> growled at me. It yeah. was strange. It was amazing. Um, I don't know. It was, it, that was like a whole section of the thing. But again, he's just like, I would say he has the most expansive view. And he got away with it, right? He, yeah. He doesn't, like, it, it was the same as Bezos to me in a lot of the same ways, right? There's the reality of what their companies are doing. Mm-hmm. Then there's this expansive view of what the tech industry should provide, and his view is that we should colonize. He he said we should be an interplanetary species. Well, so he said a lot of things. So he
3: what's this uh, what's this consortium that he's trying to form to like oh my god create open a AI. benign a- AI? What's open it? AI open AI open AI. So he like when you're sitting there listening to him, you like you're struggling to keep up with the technical stuff, and he's really good at laying out a lot of technical stuff on you. But if you keep up with that, you like your brain is so busy trying to think through his cyborg theory. They're like, Oh, okay. Well, I get what's what he's saying. Oh, then I must be on board with his opinions and his opinions are like interesting and weird, but like, I don't know if I'm on board, but like he talked about like defending ourselves from being, becoming pets and his method for keeping us from becoming cats for a supercomputer is we need to become one with the supercomputer and have it be the third level. So there's the digital level, then there's our cognitive level, and then there's like the limbic system. And as the limbic system is to your frontal lobe, your frontal lobe will be to the digital AI that you're going to become a symbiote with. Yeah. and We're all
0: cyborgs now.
3: Well, we're all cyborgs already. So he said we're already cyborgs, and I like got pretty excited because I... I believe that we're all cyborgs. (laughs) Because the definition of a cyborg is a person that augments their humanity with technology. And I believe that our humanity is defined by the creation of technology to augment our humanity. That's what humanity is. And so when he said we're all cyborgs. Technology is an instrument
0: thing right now. What's that? Technology is an instrument. Technology is an instrument, right? Yeah, I and mean, If you want to go for another half hour, this is why. I also, can, keep no, going. Do you want to talk anyway, about web versus apps?
3: Bottom line, when Elon Musk now. said we are all cyborgs already, I was like, well... I mean, I'm just gonna buy another like three Model Threes right now. You are just <laughs> the best human.
1: Doesn't this sometimes kind of feel like we're in these last stages of actually having some type of semblance of control over these gadgets? Yes. Like not. I listened to uh, the creator of Head, the Headspace app talk today. Give it ten. Why does talk? the Headspace
3: app cost like fifteen dollars a month? By because, the way, uh,
1: because I don't know. I guess that's what you have to pay for. He's like, he's up there saying, "I'm
3: gonna. I've, I've created an app that will help you meditate." I'm. Providing the service to humanity, I went to Tibet, wherever he went, India, and like became a monk. And now I've come back, and I'm going to turn it into an app for everybody. I was like, "Oh, that's great. Why am I paying you 15 bucks a month for this?" Yeah,
1: yeah
2: you can meditate for free. You can meditate you for
1: free. You can find videos on YouTube and other apps that will help guide you through it. Right. I don't know. It just becomes the thing. But he made a really great point about our relationships with our relationship with our devices and. Um, I'm totally paraphrasing at this point, but my interpretation of this is like your device, like your phone is just like a piece of metal and glass. It's not anything greater than that. Your phone expects nothing of you. We have these relationships with our devices right now where we're like, oh, I have to check my phone. Like I have to check my computer, but that's actually coming from us from within us. It is not our devices that are demanding that we check them. And the relationship that you have with your computing device is ultimately the type of content that you Put on it and the type of content you decide to interact with. And so we still have that control. Like I can still look at my phone right now, and I still have some element of control. Like, I have to use Slack for work, and I have to, you know, but like I... but and if you're I,
0: listening to this, you have to respond to Facebook Live notifications and then watch the Facebook Live. You also yes. have to go
3: five stars yes. on uh, iTunes, <laughs> right. which is the only <laughs> rating system for podcasts. No, it's if saying. I to
1: delete, like, all of the apps except for Apple's and crappy native apps right now, I could I could do that, and I could never check those, and then I could just use the device when, how I want to use it, when I want to use it, but it feels like based on everything everybody said, from Bill Gates to Bezos to Ginny. Rometty to, to Elon Musk like AI is like su- super intelligent AI-, AI is actually imminent and imminent mm-hmm. within the next 10 to 20 years and like I am wondering about that control So chip. Jenny that-
0: Rometty she said she, 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 she's CEO of IBM she said within five years we will not make decisions without the benefit of AI which is incredible to think about. Also an incredibly privileged thing to say because you have to have access to all this stuff but that's great. What, what Lauren's saying is, you right now we have the choice to like throw the phone in the ocean, and like walk away, and like live some semblance of a normal life. If everyone around you is augmented, you can't participate unless you also choose to be augmented. Right. And so that was the open AI, AI thing, mm-hmm. at, which Musk talked about at length, and then through just insane shade at Google. Yeah. Um. So Musk's point was, AI is great. I think it's cool because he thinks everything is cool, basically but we have to democratize it so everybody has their own AI and they're all augmented equally and they, like we're all making equivalent kinds of decisions so one person can't have control. And Walt said, do you think anyone's scary? And Musk said, there's just one, company. Just one company. He stared
1: dramatically into this, into there's, space there's and there's said, just, just one. one.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then Walt asked a question. He asked a follow-up, which was, are they making a car that will compete with you, which is very much a Google. Google. Yeah. And Musk was like, wink. There's just one. He actually said the word wink out loud, which I thought was weird. Yeah. That's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start pronouncing emojis. And then, like, smirk, smirk, smirk.
3: He pulled a sword <laughs> out from behind the red chair <laughs> oh, yeah. and cut off Carol's right. head and said there could be only one. We've gotta, and we've then, gotta, then he was immortal we've,
0: forever. We've, we've got to wrap this up. Here's, here are some things I know. Uh... It's very, very late. Casey is <laughs> melting next to me. Uh, Lauren has just been staring at me with the hate eyes for like 20 minutes. Have no, that's not true. All I want to do is no. talk
4: about
3: web apps now. I know. All right.
0: I'm aware. Dieter and I are going to do a, a special post-Vergecast web versus app two-hour <laughs> It's gonna be great. Uh, I mean, if you want to hear two people get drunk and make increasingly less sense about the death of the open web, <laughs> stay tuned for Verge <laughs> Extras. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I uh, please God, let's all just thank Centrify for thank paying you for we'll Centrify. Centrify's yeah. yeah. the best. Whatever it is they do, <laughs> make a fucking just make a website with whatever, but just use Centrify. <laughs> while the verge on like 90 social platforms but i'm just i'm just this is a plea to the listener from the bottom of my heart lauren good (laughs) gave her soul to facebook live today i've never seen anyone have
1: to turn it on for at least 10 minutes at a time
0: uh except for lauren and ryan is your cameraman
1: uh yes he's yeah. great and allison's the producer and they're wonder they're running around with this like massive backpack that has all the tech in it that they need to get because yeah. facebook is obviously not running natively on a camera and so they're oh it's just it's but it's been really fun and also <laughs> <laughs> i mean that and also be sure to check out the facebook live where i shave my head
0: yes well
3: wow. no, I, so I don't think and you, you, you can find all of this at Facebook. Here's what's gonna happen on that slash Facebook
0: Live.net. Spell. Yeah, D-O-G-N-T. Lauren 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 uh, Moonlighting, is that the right phrase? So now I am. Moonlighting, we, moonlighting we, for we, Rico this week. We but Lauren, here. it was it's been really fun to work with the Rico team this week. That's like actually a thing that I have completely enjoyed is like our little Verge team and the big Rico team all coming together to cover this conference. So Lauren's Facebook Lives are all on The recap page, you'll see other videos. There's coverage. Literally every sentence Elon Musk said has now been turned into a story on TheBirds.com. Yeah. So if this preceding conversation made no sense, please, God, get out of your car. (laughs) Stop driving the car or let the robot drive the car. Let God Jesus, take the wheel and (laughs) start reading. (laughs) We're on every social platform, but the only one that matters is wherever Lauren is on Facebook Live. Go there to those things. Go to iTunes do whatever the fuck it is you do with iTunes. <laughs> Listen to What's Tech with Chris Plant. Lauren's got a great podcast called Too Embarrassed to Ask. Uh, Casey just stands on street corners in San Francisco and <laughs> yells at people. Looking for frames. mind his. Uh, control alt Delete is off this week, as you may have noticed. But Walt's back next week. He wants to talk about code. We're going to get into it. Uh, and Emily and Liz do Virg-SP, which is wonderful as well. I think that's it. Rock let's and do another 30. Let's Rock. just do a quick yeah, let's
4: 30. Let's do it,
1: guys. Let's just power <laughs> through. What are we going to talk about?
0: Uh, and if you were worried the VergeCast cast would become pre-taped and not be as, as insane, <laughs> I, I trust that you believe that we, the spirit continues. We're out of bourbon, so I'm just going to wander the streets looking for booze now. Rock. <laughs> roll. Yeah. Paul.